I know I say this a lot, but today is literally one of my favorite gospel passages. <clears throat> and the reason is, is because, I don't know if you know this, but this was the gospel that Jesus used uh, to convert me. I don't know if I've told you the story, but I'll, I'll just keep it condensed. I was in college. <clears throat> I had, I mean, I had a pretty good life. I had most things going for me. I was getting a four-year degree. Uh, I was summa cum laude, I think, or magna cum laude, which is better. I wasn't that. <clears throat> I was the lower one. But anyway, I had a job lined up. I, was, I know this is hard to believe. I was dating a girl for like a year and a half. We were considering, you know, the possibility of marriage. And it was, I, just, I mean, I was living it. I had it. And I remember I woke up one morning and I was laying there and I'm like, is this it? Like, is this, do I just now, I just make money and amass possessions and I do what the world tells me. Is that all? Because I remember and I was just like, there's got to be more. And I think every human heart feels this, that there's got to be more. And so as a good young Catholic man, not so good young Catholic man, I decided I was just going to go to confession. I hadn't been to confession for a long time, so I went to confession. So I went to St. Mary's Cathedral in Fargo, North Dakota, and I went to uh, Father Peter Hughes. I don't know if any of you remember him. He was a great old Irish priest. And I got done with my confession, and he looked at me, and he's like, what are you going to do for Lent? Because Lent was coming up, and I'm like, I give up chocolate or something like that, you know, like everybody else. And he's like, I got an idea. And he's Irish. How about you go to Mass every day for 40 days? And I looked at him in bewilderment, and I'm like, they have Mass every day? And he's like, yes, every day. And I'm like, what time? He's like, 6.45. And I'm like, well, (laughs) that's ridiculous. I was like, that's hard, Father. And he looked at me. He was just quick. He was quick old Irish man. He said, do you think it was easy for Jesus to die on the cross? And I'm like, no. So I decided to go to Mass. And I went to Mass every day for all of Lent. And at the cathedral, they would have, after, after Mass, they would have adoration. And so I was going to Mass, going to Mass, going to Mass. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I kind of started staying for adoration. And I discovered that there was this peace that was slowly taking over me. And I started to realize that the more I wanted was right there. It was what I was waiting for. But I was like the apostles. I was following Jesus at a distance. I didn't want to get too close. I was fascinated with him, but I didn't want to get too close because I was afraid of what he was going to ask of me. What he was going to have me change. What it was going to cost me to really, really go all in. So one night, I'm at a party. <clears throat> Same thing, different night, college scene. And I was like, you know what, I'm done. I, I'm done. And so my buddies are like, well, we're staying. So I walked home. And as I was walking, I walked past the Newman Center in Fargo. And as I was walking past those doors, I heard a voice. I'm not crazy. I heard a voice that said, go inside. And I was like, go inside where? And like, the Newman Center? It's 1 a.m. It's locked. Go inside. So I grab the door, and it's open. And I walk in. And the only light in the entire church is on the tabernacle, this gold tabernacle shining. And I'm walking up the aisle, and I'm looking at it. 
And interiorly, I just hear, pick up and read. And I'm like, read what? And I look, and there's a Bible laying on a pew. Open. And I pick it up. And I read today's gospel. And I saw Jesus looking at me. Because it says the apostles are the disciples. John and Andrew are following at a distance. Jesus turns around and he says to them, What are you looking for? And he was like, he was right before me. And he was like, What are you looking for? What do you want? And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, I don't know. But I'm starting to think it's you. And then he says those beautiful words. Come and see. Give me a shot. Come and see. But Jesus doesn't ask that question to his disciples 2,000 years ago. He asks us that question today. The scriptures are alive. And so he's asking all of you in this church, what are you looking for? You have no idea, in the past week to two weeks, the amount of text messages, emails, phone calls, whatever, that I have been getting this week, essentially saying, Father, what is going to happen on Wednesday? What's going to happen? There are 20,000 troops in Washington, D.C. What is going to happen? People are losing their minds. And the reason I think they're losing their minds is because they wanted the sa- they want the same thing that I wanted. They want more. They want to know that this life that there's meaning There's something else there. Everybody's looking, but they're looking in the wrong place. And that's why society's going crazy right now. When you get that text, when you get that link, when you get that video, you know, you know it's going to upset you. But you open it. What are you looking for? I think the bulk of the world is just look. We all want the same thing. It's just we're looking in the wrong place. And there is more, but it's not the world. The world is not there to save us. As if the government really is going to save you. As if the government really cares about you. I hate to be the spoiler this morning. Washington doesn't care. But he does. He cares. He cares so much that he proved it to us. What has any leader done to prove it to us? Like that. And yet we are so immersed in the world. The more that you want, the more that I wanted is encountering Jesus. It happened to me. It happened to John and Andrew. And it can happen to you. Many of us want that encounter, but I think there are three things that block us from that encounter. This is the first one. Jesus, I want to meet you. I want to know you, but I don't want to change. I don't want to change. I like my comfort zone. 
Know this, that the apostles, when they finally went all in, their lives radically changed. Radically. But for a long time, they kept Jesus at a distance. Following him, but not too close. Because he's dangerous. He's going to ask something from you. He's going to change your life. He's going to upend your life. He's going to ruin your good time. You guys ever read the books, uh, The Chronicles of Narnia? C.S. Lewis? That kid has. He's like, yeah. He knows it's a good book. In there, there's this scene, and I have always loved it. There's a character who's talking about Aslan. Aslan is the, the lion, and he symbolizes Jesus within the books, right? And he says, Aslan is a great and powerful, powerful lion. And Susan, the little girl, she says, well, is he a safe lion? I should feel rather nervous about meeting a great lion. And the other character says this, safe? Who said anything about being safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's good. To be a Christian will upend your life. It will radically change your life. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but I was, when I was over in Rome, uh, Cardinal Dolan gave a, a, a homily. And during that homily, he was talking to the new deacon candidates. And he was talking about St. Peter's because the ordination was in St. Peter's Basilica. And he said, Peter never really understood Jesus until his death. Does anybody know how Peter died? Deacon, don't say anything. Does anybody know how Peter died? Crucified upside down. He said in that moment, Peter understood what Jesus came to do. And that is to flip the world on its head. And yet we always go to the world for our answers. Not to him. If you want to know who he is, If you want to affect change in your own life and in the world, then get in union with him. And realize that he will change your life, but only for the better. Number two, second qualification. Jesus, I desire to encounter you and experience you, but at not too great a cost. I don't want it to cost me. In the first reading, you have Samuel and Eli. Right? Samuel's hearing the voice of God. He thinks it's Eli. He runs to Eli. Eli, I'm here. And he's like, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And then finally, Eli's like, oh my gosh. It's God. Okay, Samuel, next time you hear the voice, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And Samuel hears the voice. He gets up. He says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And we're like, ah, the little kid heard God. Isn't that great? Do you know what happened? Do you know what God says to Samuel? Anybody know what God says? I'd be, I'd be wildly impressed. Because we don't get to hear it today. What does God say to Samuel? You heard the homily already. God says to Samuel, Samuel, you are going to be my prophet now. And what I want you to do first is go to Eli, your caretaker, and tell him he's finished. He has broken so many commandments. His family is so messed up that he's done 
and you're in charge. Now imagine this, this little boy, his first job is to go to the man that raised him and say, oh, uh, did you hear God? Yeah, I heard God, what did he tell you? Uh, you're done. Uh, your family is terrible and I am now in charge. When God calls us, it isn't easy. He will call us to do great, great things. But know this, it will cost you. And the further we move in this country away from God, the more it is going to cost. But as St. Therese, my favorite saint, so beautifully put it, whenever God holds out his hand asking for something, his hand is never empty. He wants to give you something. Will it cost? Yes. Will he take things away? Yes. But only those things that are hurting you. Finally, three. Jesus, I want to encounter you. I want to experience the more of this life. But on my terms. Not yours. Not yours. Often enough, we know we need to change. We ask Jesus to change. And we want him to fix certain things in our life. But not everything. You guys ever, you guys ever, like, do you have the same sin you just deal with over and over and over again? Is anybody, is I, am I the only one? They, can I just get some? Yeah, okay, good. There's a handful. That's good. Do you ever find yourself saying, Jesus, just take this away? If you take this away, I would be a saint. Which is not true, by the way. <laughs> Once that's gone, you'd be like, oh, I got a whole boatload of things. And I think that's what the Lord, he's saying, look, I want to fix that. But first I need to fix this, 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 and this. And then we'll get to that. We say, no, 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 no. Fix this. He says, I can't. You won't let me. Jesus wants to affect real change. In my own life, it wasn't until I finally let him do what he does. And stop putting limits on him. And stop searching for him in the wrong places. That he actually began to work. And I began to encounter him. To hear him. Because it was on his terms. Not mine. And so the question this morning. What are you looking for? Why are you here? Did you come with the intention to ask God to do something for you? Make sure that he does what you tell him? Are you here out of obligation, hoping that he doesn't ask just too much of you? A little insurance? Chance to check off the religious box? Or are you here because you believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? And that he's everything. He is the more. An honest assessment I want you to make this weekend is this. I want you to ask yourself, how much time do you spend watching the news reading the paper, reading internet articles, watching YouTube, on Facebook, social media. I want you to take all of that and then I want you to say, how much time do I pray? How much time do I read the gospel? Because the voice of the world is so loud right now and it's helping no one. Jesus says, I came that they might have life and have it to the full. What are you looking for? If you're looking for peace, happiness, joy, life. 
then stop listening to the world and start listening to him. <laughs>